Looking at the sun coming up here in New Orleans as we are recording this on a Wednesday morning tonight. It'll be dark, and hopefully the Bulls can shut the lights out on the two-lane green wave. They've done a pretty good job on that. We'll explain just how good of a job in just a little bit here and also tell you about tonight's men's basketball game against SMU. We got to say, it was a little strange last night. We went to our normal spot, Drago's, which is famous for the char-grilled oysters, and thank goodness those were on point as normal, but the restaurant usually is pretty noisy. They've got a mask mandate here, and you actually have to show your vaccine card, which I have boosted and everything, But and everybody on the team was ready to roll from that angle, but it has sort of thinned out the crowds here in New Orleans, and that's just how it's going. It's a different New Orleans, put it that way. In fact... This was my earliest night in New Orleans that I can ever remember. Part of that had to do with still being on Tampa time, but I was done by 10 o'clock New Orleans time and up bright and early to do this show. Now, as far as the game itself goes tonight, Tulane, a team that is very familiar to the Bulls. In fact, as I was doing my prep for the game, and I don't mind this, by the way, when you pretty much know the players already to the point where you don't even have to know their jersey number. You just know them by look. And that's because Tulane has six fifth-year players, and essentially all of their key performers are folks at the Bulls, and yours truly from a selfish standpoint, because this is my fifth season doing play-by-play and working with USF Bulls Unlimited, uh, have been there the whole time. This is their fifth year. Now, there is an exception, one player that has not been at Tulane until this year, but she is also someone we're familiar with because we've seen her the last two seasons with Baylor, and oh, incidentally, she is from Louisiana and is leading the Green Wave in points and rebounds talking about moon urson now she was a bench player until her last season at baylor that's just because she had point guards in front of her she last year had 118 assists this year assists are just part of her game she leads the team with that moon urson is spectacular she's a 5-6 guard you knew it right away when the bulls were in waco a couple years back the second she came into the game, there was a buzz in the crowd, and she can just jump through the gym. She is unbelievable. So I knew about her talents, but still, to have a 5-6 player, let's think about this, lead a Division One college basketball team in rebounds is amazing. She is getting 10.2 rebounds per game and leading them in scoring with 14.5 points per game all while being the point guard. So I'd say she was a pretty big addition to veteran coach Lisa Stockton's team. Now, Coach Stockton has been at Tulane even longer than Jose Fernandez has been at USF. This is her 28th season. She has led Tulane to the NCAA tournament 11 times, and I hate to put an asterisk on that, but I'm going to. The first nine seasons Lisa Stockton was at Tulane, they made the NCAA tournament. And that pretty much gets you a lifetime contract. Well, if you do the math, that's just twice in the last 17 actual NCAA tournaments. And the last time they were there was, funny enough, their first year in the American. And they actually got in as an at-large. That was back in 2015. Tulane's actually had a couple of losing seasons since they've joined the American. This year, a mixed bag of results, 8-4. and They've had a couple of nice wins. They beat TCU in double overtime. I'd say a win at Alabama goes down as a nice win. Started off 4-0, fell to LSU, and there's no shame in that. Boy, Kim Mulkey's got them going already into the top 25 in her first year after coming from Baylor. Then they went to an event and beat Wyoming and Texas A&M Corpus Christi. Then they went down to Miami, losing to the Hurricanes in a seven-point game. No big deal. But they also lost to Arkansas Pine Bluff. 
And they gave up 79 points. That's the thing. They do allow nearly 70 points per game. They have bounced back since that 0-2 vacation stint on the win-loss record to win two and then lose a game where they were with UCF the entire way. But missing in there was a three-week period where they didn't play due to COVID-19 protocol. So they came back from that, beat Wofford, and started off conference play against UCF, losing 54-47. to Again, we'll do more conference stuff at the end of the hour. Along with Moon Urson, Crystal Freeman, again, her fifth year, a player who went from averaging less than two points a game in her freshman season to immediately being their leading scorer the next season. So her turnaround is well documented. She Normally grabs around eight rebounds a game. She scores around 13 points. She's become a three-point threat. In fact, she leads the Green Wave in three-point makes and attempts, 23 for 65. In her first two years, no three-point attempts, three for 14 in the second. Then she shot up to 39 for 111 and, again, has kept on shooting the threes, which is a little unusual because those first couple years she was more of a true power forward. A six-foot redshirt senior, Crystal Freeman, does play the four spot, but really, as you can tell, steps back and shoots the threes when she can. They also have a dynamic driver in Dinah Jones. She's averaging in double figures 12 and a half points, can also shoot the three. And Arsula Clark, who was frankly kind of a thorn in our side last year, loved to drive to the rack and then fall down and get the foul calls. And guess what? She's leading them in free throw attempts again after by a long shot doing that last year. She is 37 from 54 for the line. Not a shooter. Again, she likes to drive. She's 1 for 10 on threes, but she still scores around 11 points a game and gets a lot of that action at the free throw line. And then their fifth starter is actually nearly in double figures. So when your entire starting lineup averages in double figures, technically between 9.3 and 14.5 and points per game, Mia Heidi is that fifth player. She is no more for her defensive ability. She's tall. She likes to block your shots, but... If you move the ball, I think you're going to be able to get around Tulane, and I think that's what the Bulls are trying to do. Off the bench, not too many scoring threats, and again, all familiar names. Kayla Anderson's a backup point guard. Of course, when you have the starting five all in double figures, there's going to be a drop-off to the sixth spot, and there is at 3.8. So if the Bulls can get Tulane in foul trouble, that'll be something to keep an eye on. With that in mind, there's a decent chance that Tulane will try and play some zone, and if that's the case, well... The Bulls three-point shooters might have a pretty good night. And as you know, they do have some pretty good three-point shooters. Maria Alvarez has been warming up. And let's hope she doesn't have to play 40 minutes of point guard like she did the other day a week ago against Cincinnati. I am with the team. I'm not going to spill any secrets as far as who's available. But I'll just give you a hint. It's probably going to be a pretty good lineup tonight. There you go. You'll find out when we get on the air. At 6.45. Again, that will be on Bulls Unlimited 2. Anytime the men and the women are playing at the same time, we'll have the men on Bulls Unlimited and the women on Bulls Unlimited 2. And yes, the women have beaten Tulane 18 times in a row. Now, there have been some close ones in there, including recently. Remember last year at the American Athletic Conference semifinals, it did not look good. The Bulls were down six points late in the third quarter and not scoring a bunch. I think their offense is in a little bit better place right now than it was at that time, and so we look forward to bringing that one to you tonight. Also, we can tell you that Elena Chinecki was a member of the American Athletic Conference Weekly Honor Roll. To refresh your memory, her one performance was pretty solid. The other bull that went the entire 40 minutes against Cincinnati, it has been wonderful to see Elena Chinecki really get her confidence back. She had that game that really sticks out in my mind at Texas Arlington, which was just a tough loss for the Bulls 
where Chinecki tried to establish the tone early, drove to the hoop, and came up empty. 0 for 4, ended up 3 for 14 in that game. And it was part of a downturn in her season. She was 2 of 15 against Oregon two games prior. Followed that UTA loss up with just a 3 for 9 performance, played less than 20 minutes at VCU, remember. And still, if you think back to that game, it's amazing what happened. The Bulls on December 12th were down 16 points late in the third quarter, came back to win, and did it with a lineup in the fourth quarter that included Sarah Guerrero and Ariel Wilson the entire fourth quarter. Jose Fernandez clearly doing whatever worked. Well, since that poor performance in the last six games, she has been at or above 500% as far as shooting goes, and she's gotten that percentage overall up to nearly 40, which doesn't sound spectacular until you realize she was below 30% at the end of that VCU game. And in her last four games, she has hit her top three scoring marks of the year, 20 against West Virginia, 22 against JU, and 21 against Cincinnati. The Bulls, by the way, still number 24 in both polls, which is kind of uncanny that they would stay at 24 in both the riders, the AP, and the coaches, the USA Today polls, with different teams jumping them in both. Very, very unusual. In fact, they almost are 23rd in the coaches' poll, but FGCU, and I was wondering where the Eagles were going to get in there, jumped just barely ahead of the Bulls, into the rankings and ahead of them. And the team that jumped into the rankings because it's undefeated is Colorado, which is 13-0. and uh, Its next game is against Stanford, which is really rounding into shape. Beat Oregon over the weekend if you missed it. Remember the Bulls beat, well, both of those teams, but Oregon was shorthanded. They have their full team now, and Oregon is the team that it's going to be, which is a solid one, and Stanford still handled them. Then they played a very good Gonzaga team and destroyed them. So that win against Stanford, which is very solidly number two in the country, according to the Riders, just below Louisville and in third place, according to the coaches, is a big-time win for the Bulls, who sit at number 24. The weird thing was the Riders kept Oklahoma ahead of the Bulls, even though the Sooners had a loss against Iowa State. We'll talk more about the national scene and not just the teams that the Bulls have played, which are a lot of the ranked teams, but elsewhere, it's going to be a pretty busy night. It was great to see on Sunday 16 games just involving top 25 teams, so we're starting to get the games back going, thankfully, and knock wood. The men's game tonight is in Dallas against SMU, and anytime you talk about SMU, you got to start off with their point guard, one of the best in the country, Kendrick Davis, one of the top scorers in the country, top 10 as a matter of fact. And while I'm thinking of it, I meant to mention with the women, they are the number six rebounding team in the country. The Bulls' previous opponent, Wichita, was fifth in the country, and the whole thing was they're going to have to really concentrate on rebounding, so they'll have to do that tonight. But back to Kendrick Davis, yeah. Eighth in the country in scoring, and he is their point guard. 21, a game, 38 of 99 on threes, also 89 of 100. There's pretty easy math for you at the free throw line. So a point guard that can shoot the three and get to the line and dish out assists, he has 76, which is right at around five a game as they are 11-4 and on the season. Just had an eight-game winning streak come to an end. Now, if you look at their wins... No spectacular wins in there, but solid. They beat Vanderbilt. They beat Dayton. They went to New Mexico and won 90-72. They went to Tulsa and won 74-69. And beating UCF, 72-60. That was right after the Knights had their big win against Michigan. But then they sort of fell flat at Cincinnati last week. 
losing 77 to 60. By the way, in the loss, Davis had 14 assists. Maybe he should have shot the ball more. Now, the rest of their lineup, of course, you're going to have a drop-off when somebody's averaging 21 points. The next four guys all average either 9 or 10 points a game. Emmanuel Bandamel is the returner, and he is the other three-point shooter just below Davis in that category. I mean, just a smidge below, so the Bulls will have to watch out for him. The next two scores on the chart, and I find this pretty darn fascinating, are brothers that took a long route to join each other on the SMU roster, Marcus and Michael Weathers. They are both from Roland Park, Kansas. They went to Shawnee Mission High School. They started off their college careers at the same place, Miami of Ohio. This was back in 2016, by the way. They are different players. Michael is a 6'3", 155-pound guard, while Marcus is a 6'5", 215-pound forward. Michael, his first year at Miami of Ohio, led them in scoring. 17 points a game, 5 assists. He actually led the Mac in blocks somehow with a block and a half per game. So he started off fine. Meanwhile, Marcus, his brother, the forward, averaged nearly 10 points and 6 rebounds. So after that very successful year, including, of course, the guard Michael being the leading scorer and the Mac freshman of the year, they both decided to go to other schools. <laughs> Michael transferred to Oklahoma State. That was when you had to sit out, so he didn't play. Marcus went to Duquesne, did fine there. In fact, the last two years was their leading score. Meanwhile, Michael, after that Mac Freshman of the Year, did okay in his first year at Oklahoma State, but not to his liking, apparently scored nine points a game, so decided to transfer to Texas Southern, had to sit out due to transfer rules, and then last year back on the court, led the team in scoring 16 and a half points per game. So they've both been in college for five years after starting at the same school, spending the last four years at different stops. And this is year six, and they are together at SMU. Kind of a wild story there. Of course, the story with the Bulls has been their defense is fantastic, but their offense, especially the three-point shooting, can't get it going. Let's see how it goes tonight against SMU, if you're curious. Opponents against the Mustangs, do shoot around 30%. They make seven threes a game, but the Mustangs themselves hit nine a game. So guess what? It's probably going to come down to three-point shooting. Bulls had issues with turnovers over the weekend at Tulane. SMU only coughs up 12 turnovers for its opponents. So that's not a large number either. It is clearly going to come down who can shoot the ball better. And let's hope it's the Bulls tonight. So again, I'll be on the air at 645 on Bulls Unlimited 2. USF at Tulane for the women, and on the men's side, airtime of 7.30 for the Bulls against SMU. That's going to do it for Bulls Beat. Thanks for listening. I'm Derek Sharp.